I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. News that the Supreme Court is set to overturn the nearly 50-year-old Roe v. Wade decision on abortion rights has sent shockwaves across the country. Politico published a leaked draft opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito. It showed that the court has a majority opinion to strip American citizens of their constitutional right to abortion. And that has many conservatives celebrating, including this group that gathered outside the Supreme Court Tuesday morning. While Democrats and progressives across the country, including Senator Elizabeth Warren, are furious. The Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. They have been out there plotting, carefully cultivating these Supreme Court justices so they could have a majority on the bench who would accomplish something that the majority of Americans do not want. To be clear, Roe v. Wade is still the law of the land. Monday's leak was just that, a leak of a draft. The court hasn't ruled a ruling yet, and it isn't expected until the summer. A couple of weeks ago, Joe Garofoli, the host of It's All Political on Fifth Emission, spoke to Minnie Timaraju. She's the president of NARAL Pro-Choice America, a national advocacy group that fights for reproductive freedoms. And she warned that this was going to happen. So we have the evidence we need and we need to be prepared for the inevitable fall of Roe. A lot of Americans, when they think about abortion, when they think about their constitutional rights, they think about the Supreme Court, they think about Congress. But now we need them to shift their attention to who's running the Capitol in my state. In other words, the fall of Roe v. Wade would mean access to abortion would depend on where a person lives. It's hard to overstate the implications of all of this. Nearly half the states in the country have laws that could restrict or ban abortion after Roe v. Wade is overturned. But what about here in California? We're known as an abortion haven, but Chronicle reporters Rachel Swan and Sophia Bolag warn that a public health crisis looms if, or almost certainly when, the Supreme Court overturns Roe. Here's It's All Political on Fifth Emission host Joe Garofoli talking with Rachel Swan and Sophia Bolag about what the future of abortion services could look like in California. Sophia Balligan, Rachel Swan, welcome to It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. How are you, Joe? Good, good. So California wants to be an abortion haven. And the three of us uh, wrote a story that's on sfchronicle.com right now about the challenges of that uh, Providers and abortion rights advocates say that they're prepared, but the duality of that is that they may be prepared, but nobody has any idea of how many people may be coming to California. First of all, Sophia, when we say abortion haven, which is a term that the the governor's been throwing around, the legislature's throwing around, what does that mean in California's eyes? Yeah, so I think it really means that Newsom and state lawmakers and other advocates, pro-abortion rights advocates in this state, want people to be able to access abortions here in California, even if the states that they live in ban them. And so they are anticipating that we're going to see a big influx of people into California to get abortions here if if they stop becoming available in the states where they live. Now, when we say people coming to California, what kind of estimates do we have about that? Uh, We have a sort of a vague one from the Guttmacher Institute 
What what is that? Yeah, so the the estimate that the Guttmacher Institute has done is pretty dramatic. They estimate that demand for abortion could increase by as much as 3000% if Roe is overturned, and that's because many states, by some estimates, most states could quickly act to ban abortion or severely restrict abortion if Roe is overturned and that decision-making power is handed back over to the states. And so then just a huge number of people would, you know, potentially have to travel a really far distance to get here. But Certainly the the system could be strained if we see a huge number of people coming to California from other states to get abortions here. Right. And again, nobody has a specific number about how many people that could be. Rach, what, what makes us think that we can be an abortion haven? What What is it about California? I mean, we're going to pay people's way. We have some counties and cities in the Bay Area that are already floating proposals. Actually, even Santa Clara approved a proposal to allocate funding for people to come in from out of state to get abortions. So like that's that just shows the degree of enthusiasm we have for becoming like the safe harbor, if you will. And we have tons of doctors here. We have, we have clinicians who can who can perform the uh, procedure, which many states have, you know, they're intimidated to do it. Talk a little bit about you, you were monitoring what was going on in Santa Clara County. It seems like they're taking a stab at how many people may be coming to the county to, to uh, get abortions that, that aren't doing so right now. I mean, the number they had was 200 to 500 additional abortions from out of state each week. Cumulatively, that's ranging between 10,400 to 26,000 abortions from out of state per year. That's a significant increase in demand. The supervisors who um, pushed for this funding, I mean, they, like other advocates for reproductive rights, they, like, as soon as they read the tea leaves and saw the Supreme Court dynamics shifting, they started uh, preparing for um, a proposal like this one, so you're also in touch with uh, with uh, lawmakers in San Francisco, who are also want to look at the scope of of the situation here. Uh, what what are they planning to do? We have at least one supervisor, possibly several, in San Francisco that are proposing um, actually sponsoring people to come in from out of state. I mean, the number they floated was a thousand and they would kind of sponsor you, fly you in, get you a hotel room, get you your abortion. Keep in mind, this is like a totally nascent proposal. Like this literally started gestating in a supervisor's mind, you know, so it's it's being introduced. It's already engendered some controversy. I mean, We know San Francisco's public health department has struggled to, you know, keep Laguna Honda Hospital open and take care of all the mental health needs in San Francisco and the this and the that. There's people on social media saying, hey, before you start virtue signaling, why don't you take care of the problems at home? You can already see the kind of ferment of controversy in San Francisco. And and this is, you know, this has been the problem with, uh, first of all, abortion travel funds have been around for 30 years. They've been, uh, many Planned Parenthoods have had them. Uh, uh, there, there's uh, organizations, independent organizations that have been doing this for years. Um, but, you know, now they're going to just have to ramp ramp up the uh, the amount of money they're going to be doing, or so they, so they believe. Uh, it's an exponential amount of money that's going to need to be raised for this. 
And, and, and as you said, there's a lot of people who don't want to sort of perpetuate the inequities that are already in our, our healthcare system. Rich people, people with access already get the best health care. And so now if we have all these other people coming in from other states, what's going to happen to, you know, poor folks, the people talking to advocates said the people are going to be hurt by this, this influx are going to be poor folks, people of color. Sophia, you're up in Sacramento. What are state lawmakers going to do about that? Yeah, so they have a package of legislation. There's a number of bills that were introduced prior to this draft decision being leaked, but are very much in response to the potential that, you know, Roe is overturned. One of them would establish uh, a new fund that would help fund abortions for low-income people, including potentially people from out of state. It's unclear how much state money might go into that fund. Lawmakers that I talked to at the Capitol said that they thought that to start the fund, there would be some state money that's put into it, but that they anticipated that in the end, it would really be mostly funded through philanthropic donations from companies and uh, wealthy individuals who want to, you know, support women who are seeking abortions. There are other pieces of legislation that would also seek to shore up abortion access in California. One uh, that was proposed by the Senate President Pro Tem, Tony Atkins, who is a Democrat from the San Diego area, her bill would basically allow nurse practitioners to perform some abortions without uh, supervision from a doctor because if the, if we do see this big influx of people into California, there aren't going to be enough providers, even though there are a lot more providers here in California than there are in other states, uh, there still would potentially be a, a, a big shortage. And so those are some of the, the things that lawmakers are looking at to really shore up access here in California. Yeah, it's already 40% of the counties in California don't have access. They don't have a clinic within their borders. You're listening to Fifth Admission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Sophia, moments before uh, we began recording this, uh, I, I'm sure in your email box, as in mine, I got a fundra- an email fundraising pitch from our governor, Gavin Newsom, asking people to kick in money to Planned Parenthood. In that fundraising pitch, he said that, quote, we are going to propose an amendment to enshrine the right to choose in our state's constitution. Sophia, what would that take? And does the governor have the votes for that? Or is this just a, a very nice fundraising pitch? Any amendment to the state's constitution is a heavy lift, but it is very possible that that Newsom has the votes. So what that would entail is two-thirds of lawmakers in the state legislature voting to place that amendment on the ballot and then a majority of voters approving it. And the reason I say he he probably has the votes is that in California, Democrats control uh, super majorities in both houses of the legislature. So if Newsom is able and, and the legislative leaders, Tony Atkins and uh, Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon, are able to keep their fellow Democrats in line in supporting this, it could pass the legislature and then go on the November ballot. And polling in California shows that people are overwhelmingly supportive of abortion rights. So I would say that even though it is always a a big lift to get something uh, changed in the state constitution, the numbers look favorable for Newsom right now in terms of getting that done. 
I'll talk for another minute about how we see this being politicized in California uh, going forward. I just got back from a reporting trip to to Orange County, and the Democrats there, where you know there's some very tight House races. I uh, think that uh, if, if Roe is gutted or, or goes away, as it uh, looks very likely to do, uh, they can help bring out their base. Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, ripped the draft decision that we saw from the Supreme Court and uh, sort of outlined where she thinks Democrats are going to go with this. She said that, uh, quote, the Republican assault on Roe v. Wade is the latest manifestation of their decades-long disrespect of women, end quote. Um I- I got to say I'm of mixed mind about this. I, I, you know, I think most people's minds are made up about abortion. You might be able to rally the base on this. What effect do you think this will have in the midterms? Where, where do you see this going? We'll see. I mean, I think that most political observers have been anticipating that, you know, Republicans will do well in the midterms. But this is certainly an issue that has the potential to, to um, really motivate a lot of voters especially perhaps young voters um, who don't always vote um, to turn out um, in the midterms and vote for Democrats. And so I do think it has the potential to boost Democratic turnout, whether it's enough to really move the needle. I think most people are anticipating that, you know, Republicans have a really good shot at taking over the House and the Senate in the midterms. Whether this is enough to to move the needle in the opposite direction, I don't know. But I do think that this, certainly for the Democrats' base, is a very motivating issue. And I think the question is, does this turn out enough Democrats, particularly young Democrats who might otherwise not vote because they are, you know, dissatisfied with uh, you know, the the lack of action uh, in in Washington on issues that they care about. This might be something that motivates them to turn out. Uh, I think it's it's too early to say, of course, but I do think it has some potential. Uh, young voters, they are ticked off at Biden and the Democrats not doing enough on climate change, not doing enough on student debt and kind of, um, you know, keeping the bat in their shoulder about some of their campaign promises. Sophia, Rachel, thank you for being on It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Okay, see you guys later. Joe Garofoli is the host of It's All Political on Fifth and Mission, and he's a senior political writer at The Chronicle. His piece about the future of abortion services in California was written with Chronicle reporters Rachel Swan and Sophia Bolag. You can find it online at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the Roe v. Wade news and tell the Chronicle how it's affecting you, visit sfchronicle.com slash Roe Wade. Thanks to Taya Francesca Price for editing this episode and to you for listening. <laughs>